My name is Devin McPaul, and I'm on a mission to build a billion dollar company. I have no idea how I'm going to do it or how long it's going to take. But for those of you that are listening, this is my journey. Welcome in, everybody. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the four marbles of leverage. And so, In 2021, 2022, somewhere around there, actually no, 2021 and 2020, I had built out a business and a LinkedIn agency to over $100,000 a month in recurring revenue. After that point, I spun off and tried doing a ton of my own stuff, consulting agencies, other content agencies. And what I realized is like I was lacking the fundamental systems for growing and scaling because I was, I was just stuck. I couldn't grow past anywhere from ten dollars to $30,000 a month. And even if I did have a peak, it wasn't really consistent. And so over the past several weeks and months, I've been deconstructing you know, what actually got me to that point. What was the underlying you know, system that I used to scale that agency from zero to $100,000 a month? And I think I have it boiled down into four main marbles, although this is subject to change over time. So the first marble is education. And I think that this is by far one of the most high impact forms of leverage that we have, just because it compounds and stacks on top of every other form of leverage. So picture a task as if it's on like a scale, right? You've got the fulcrum in the middle, you have the table on top, and you have a marble at the end, which is where you want to get. That's the desired result. You have a marble at the beginning, right? And the goal is to get that beginning marble to the one on the left-hand side or right-hand side over at the ending desired result. And so education, what this does is it doesn't change the size of each of the marbles. It doesn't change the length of the table. What it does is it moves that fulcrum towards the actual starting point towards the starting marble. What that does is it makes it easier to move the starting marble to the end one. And so what that actually means as somebody who's trying to deploy it is it rolls down the hill. It makes it way easier, right? So how do you actually go and educate yourself? There's a lot of different ways I've tried just about everything. And what I find to be the most impactful and the thing that gets you the fastest growth is one-on-one coaching. And basically what this is, is going and having other people that have already done the thing very successfully teach you how to do it on a one-on-one basis. So this is not group coaching. This is not you know them going and giving you, you know, courses. It's them saying, hey, you're doing this thing. Go and fix this. You'll be good to go. A good example of this was I would say about you know eight months ago, I hired a personal trainer because I wanted to get in shape. And I had no idea what I was doing with fitness before then. I had no idea what I was doing with nutrition, but I knew that I needed to get started and partially I needed accountability, but more so what I needed was, hey, am I doing the right form? Am I doing the right exercises? And so I hired this wonderful personal trainer and within three to four months, she helped me put on like 10 pounds of relatively lean muscle. Of course, I had some bulking going on, but I was stronger than I'd ever been. That was because she knew exactly what I needed to do for my body type and for my situation and my goals. And so anytime I start with a new project, whether it's learning a new skill, it's trying to add a new, you know, 
area of my business or new offer to my business, I always start with one-on-one -on -one coaching because that just gets you off the ground really fast. Now, the next type of coaching is group coaching. And this was really popularized, you know, after a, a lot of people like, you know, Dean Graziosi, Dan, uh, Dean Graziosi, as well as, you know, Grant Cardone and all those people, like they started going and selling access. So rather than just getting a course, you would get access to them as entrepreneurs. And that would give you a more intimate experience, but it's still not one-on-one. -on -one. And this is really great if you're in an environment where there's a lot of people like you trying to do the exact same thing. And so if you're trying to learn sales as a real estate agent, joining a group coaching program for learning sales for real estate agents, that would be perfect for you. But what you should not do is go and join group coaching programs for other industries or other services that are not specifically your own, because a lot of times you're not going to get the value out of them. A good example of this, whenever I was starting to do agency consulting, I joined a program by Richard Yu, which was all about you know, going and doing consulting, but it was mainly for you know, non-agency businesses. It was for you know, personal development or uh, you know, marketing type programs. And really what I was focused on was operations coaching. And so it was a wonderful program. It taught me a lot about marketing. It taught me a lot about content. But in the grand scheme of things, it actually amounted to very little value to me, not because the curriculum was bad, but because it wasn't the right curriculum for my goal. Now, the next type of content, as I'm sure you're familiar with, is content. And this is an education vehicle that comes in the form of podcasts, courses, books, blogs, articles, you name it. Any piece of content that is either free or even paid, like courses, is something that scales indefinitely and kind of gives you the foundational truths or the foundational principles, but doesn't necessarily teach you for your specific situation. And then finally, this is one that actually is really interesting that I'm starting to you know, deploy a lot more recently, which is done for you build out. So you go and you hire a consultant, you hire an agency or even an employee to go and build out this system and to teach you this while they go and do the job. And I heard about this from Alex Amosi at his $100 million leads book launch, where he was talking about how he paid you know, the sales guy to come in and build a sales engine inside of his company. And sure, the sales guy built the engine and made him millions of dollars. But as a consequence of watching that sales guy go and do it, Alex was able to learn while he was actually getting the results. And so that's a great way Rather than you going and learning the skill yourself, go and pay somebody else who already knows the skill and then boil down your fundamental understanding of how to do it. And that way you don't have to basically take on the cost of becoming an expert at that skill or at that activity. You just hire somebody that already is. And that's really, really great. Now, the next kind of table or marble of leverage is optimization. And again, if we think about this on a scale, let's say optimization is shrinking the size of the starting marble. Again, so you're not changing the fulcrum in the middle. You're not changing the table or the size of the ending task. You're just making it easier to achieve that ultimate task, right? And so you're reducing the, the effort that it takes to push your marble to the other side and to get the task done. And so there are a couple of ways to do this. The first one is by far the most important, and that is elimination. This seems a little counterintuitive. If you want to be productive, why are you going and not doing something. It was very simple. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. This is the exact reason that I say no to so many things. 
I don't do outbound at the moment because I'm focused on fulfillment for my clients and getting amazing results. I don't have a relationship because if I did, it would take time away from the work that I need to do. I don't have a ton of furniture or a ton of you know things that I need to clean around my house because I don't need them and it allows me to focus better on the things that I do need to do. And so elimination is simply the act of not doing unnecessary things that get in the way of the necessary things. Now, the next type is simplification. And so this is in that same train of thought, but it's more about making the things that you do have to do easier. So for example, instead of taking 10 steps to do a process, you can simplify it and do those 10 steps, but use other tools to go through and actually make it easier, right? Then of course, there's automation. So this is really, really great. Automation is basically going and allowing technology to do all the heavy lifting for you. Great tools like Integromats Make or Zapier are really, really great for automation. And you can use these for a, a wide scenario of different things. I think as the business scales, that's where that really comes into play. If you're smaller, you don't really need to worry about automation, like the stage I'm in right now, where I'm doing less than 30K a month recurring revenue. Like doing things manually is 100% awesome because I'm learning that skill and I'm learning what's actually necessary before I go and try to automate it. And that's a really important point too. You don't want to automate or delegate before you validate. That brings me to the next point, which is augmentation. Again, automation is having it 100% done for you using technology. Augmentation is going and making it easier to do that. A good example of this is going and using ChatGPT to make content creation easier. And at the tail end of my Twitter agency, I was producing Twitter threads, and, and these were you know, for a very large company. And it would take me anywhere from an hour to two hours to create the threads because I was creating from, from scratch. I didn't have source material, but it really, really needed to be great. And so I, mind you, had a lot of experience. By that point in time, I had over 2 billion organic impressions across LinkedIn and Twitter. And so what I did is I, I learned how to use ChatGPT and augment myself to go and write the outlines and go and get the ideas and even kind of like brainstorm with it. And then I would go and do the polishing. And so rather than spending an hour or two hours creating a thread, I could go through and create that same high quality piece of content in 15 to 30 minutes, which was amazing. Now, what happens if you know how to do the thing and you've optimized it so it's really easy or as easy as it possibly can be to go and achieve the desired result? Well, to break past that barrier, you need to take it to the next level which is delegation. And this is why so many you know, business owners don't scale. And this is what I actually did really well when I was scaling my LinkedIn agency, which was I hit a point where I was doing you know, just about a thousand pieces of content myself. I was working nonstop, but I wasn't making any progress. Like sure, I was getting clients results, but I wasn't scaling the business. And that was because I just didn't have the time to go through and work on sales or to work on scaling the business. And so what I ended up doing is I hired uh, virtual assistants from the Philippines to help go and create the content. And that bought me back the time to then go and actually form a partnership that led to me getting more clients. And so there's a lot of different types of you know, ways that you can delegate. The first one is actually partnerships. 
And this is exactly what I did to grow the LinkedIn agency. I partnered with a guy who was a marketer who had sales experience, and he did all of the client acquisition, and I did all of the client fulfillment. Then from there, there are contractors. And these are people that you know could be full-time, they could be part-time, but really, these are, are people that you hire that should know how to do what you're paying them to do. A good example is right now, I'm going through and paying a contractor to go and build my website. Sure, I could go and build the website myself, absolutely, but it's far more profitable for me to pay somebody else who has that skill than it is for me to go and learn that skill to get it to the caliber that I want. The next type is employees. And this is really, you know, for legal purposes, some quote unquote employees are actually contractors, uh, especially if you're you know, working in the United States or you know, any other country that has contractor full-time employment uh, laws. But for simplicity's sake, I consider employees, anybody that is working with you like on a recurring basis and is a part of like your core team. So they're inside your internal communications. They're not just an external, you know, provider. And so employees, these are really great. And again, you, you should think about this in terms of really going and trying to hire top tier people. It does you no good to hire people that can do things that you can do. It pays way better and it's way more profitable, even though it costs you more on the front end. The time it buys you back and the, the speed at which you're able to grow is way faster by spending more on top dollar town. Then there's agencies. And of course, these are, again, kind of like contractors, but they have an entire team of contractors working on your behalf. This is exactly what I was doing as a LinkedIn agency. So we would go and write content. We would update you know, their bios. We would update their you know, LinkedIn banners, their about pages, their you know, profile pages, all that stuff, and even sometimes company pages. And of course, we would do outbound prospecting. Now, if you were to give that to one person, could they do all those things really well? Probably not. But if you give it to a team of people, you have specialists, right? Like we had content engagement specialists. We had people that did content writing. We had people that did you know, lead generation and list building. And so we had experts for every vertical of the fulfillment that we were doing. And that allowed us to get our clients really good results. And then finally, there are finally there are virtual assistants. And these are basically you know, people that you have on staff, typically from countries like the Philippines, India, Pakistan, that aren't necessarily like for high level tasks where they need to be top dollar, but they're more for like not menial, but you know, simpler tasks. So responding to email, doing engagement, doing things that like, yes, are important, but are not like really, really high impact in the organization. And delegation, what that does is if you think about it on the you know, the table, the scale, delegation is you just push the marble and somebody else does the work for you to get it to the end, right? To get it to that ending marble. And so I really like that because that allows you to go and scale really quickly. A good example of this is like, who's going to win in a war or a battle or a fight? Is it a person with a really sharp sword or a really big gun? Or is it 10 people with really big guns? Hmm. 10 people, right? And it's just because the volume is more, they're able to do more, they're able to move faster. And the fourth form of leverage, the fourth marble, is multiplication. And there's a lot of different types of multiplication. I'm still figuring out like the sub nuances and where there's overlap or not overlap. I think distribution is by far one of the, the most obvious ones. This is why people go and apply to be on Shark Tank because it distributes their messaging and their product in the networks that 
the sharks have, or it gets them distributed and gets them basically like free marketing because they're on the show, right? So a couple of forms of distribution, you know, there's content, there's the network, there's the audience, a lot of different ways to do that. Then there's also software, which is an interesting one, because if you think about it, all of these multiplication things, they're not actually going and changing the size of the marbles or where, where the fulcrum lies. It's just doing it at a bigger scale. And so software is a really interesting way to multiply a business or to multiply an action. And a good example of this is like, you could be a productivity coach and have a pretty big impact on the world, maybe, you know, handling 10 clients at max, if you're doing one-on-one or you know, a couple hundred, if you're doing group coaching. But if you go and turn all of the knowledge that you have into software, like let's say an AI coaching chatbot, well, now you can go and distribute that and scale that basically indefinitely. Right. And the cost that it takes you to build the software becomes indefinitely cheaper the longer it's used and the more people that use it. And that's why the, the software as a service model is so brilliant. Like you look at companies like ClickUp or Slack or, you know, even some of Apple softwares, like they make the code once. And of course, they optimize it, they improve it, they add new stuff over time, but they're just making recurring revenue on the back end. And it's a brilliant model. And then the next form of multiplication, I think, is really important to understand, which is capital. And this is why like companies raise venture capital. This is why they you know, go in and seek investments or they take out loans. Because whenever you have money, it's easier to get things done. You can pay people to do stuff. You can pay for marketing. You pay for sales. You can optimize your systems. You can learn, right? And the same thing goes for like kids that go to college. Like They are taking borrowed capital and they're going and investing that into their education in the hope that it goes in and is a, a positive return, right? And so these are, I believe, the four marbles of leverage. And of course, it's going to be refined for time. But as I continue to grow my own companies, I believe that each of these components is going to be incredibly important to that growth. I don't know how it's going to evolve over time. But right now, I'm really in like the education stage and optimization. After I really validate the offers that I'm working on and you know go through and get proof of concept that it is profitable, that it is possible, the next stage really is going and doing delegation. So paying other experts to do the work that I'm doing at a much higher caliber, right? So that is it for this episode. I hope that it's helped you. This is the first of the episodes. I don't know if anybody is listening or ever will, but if you are, I hope it helps. That being said, hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And as always, cheers.